Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Tori, and joining me this week are Craig. Hello. Dave. Is Mike not joining us today? And Mike. Hello, Internet. Oh. And we start every week with good things. So, Craig, good us a thing. All right, guys. Um, it's it's back to video games. Um, I've been eagerly awaiting to talk about this one for the past couple of weeks. Uh, it is a game that's currently in early access, but it's been out for like a year or two. I don't know. Um, but it is a sequel, and it's called Rogue Legacy 2. I have sunk 30 hours into the game so far with my very limited time between raising a child and playing Final Fantasy. So 30 hours is pretty good. I think I know which one of those gets priority. True. Um, So Rogue Legacy is a roguelite castle exploration game um, with the idea being that when you die, uh, your kid takes over. Um the the neat mechanic is that the different people you control have some sort of uh hereditary type well it's not really hereditary but it has some sort of positive or negative based on what they are so um it's random it's like when you get a kid you get a pool three that you choose from so um it's going to be different classes and different side effects now that's rogue legacy exploring a castle it's a lot of fun and i do recommend it rogue legacy 2 is that but better because they essentially uh. took the original rogue legacy formula and made it so much better. So in the original game, all of the, there were different classes of characters, but they were all these knights type of knights, the sword, like it's all the same attack type animations. Um, but they would have certain specialties based on what they were in rogue legacy Two, You actually get different weapons and some of them, some of the classes that you can get are very different. They play very between them, so that's sort of satisfying. Um, you're not just in a castle anymore, although the first section is a castle. There's all these different areas, some of which are outdoor, that you get to explore. Very different in terms of, of what it looks like and how um, the, the enemies and the, and the things you use to traverse around it. Anyway, it's basically a much more improved formula from Rogue Legacy 1. Uh, I decided to check it out finally because, like I said, it's been in early access for a while and they're approaching release. So uh, it's pretty much a complete game now, so I do recommend it, and it's my good thing. Um, if you guys ever played Rogue Legacy 1, definitely play Rogue Legacy 2. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, but you sort of like the Metroidvania slash roguelite-type concept, definitely check out either game. Um, but yeah, I, I like it a lot, and I see myself coming back to it. Uh, for now, we'll we'll see when it finally gets released. But I can't imagine this late that they make any major like changes to it. Pretty cool. I own and have in in the past enjoyed the first one definitely. So I'm very bad at it. Can't beat a boss. Die to like a lot of stuff pretty quickly. Progress. Neat, Dave. What's your good thing? My good thing this week is a friend of mine is letting me use his server space to program a bot. So now I have a bot for Discord that's running all the time. It's not something that I have to run. Load. Yeah, I'm gonna be having some cool features on my Discord channel uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks as I feel like writing stuff up for it. 
but yeah, it's just really fun. It's something that I've wanted to do for a while. Finally, get. Oh, that's so fun! And then when the robots take over, you're going to have one on your side. Yep, I'm gonna have one on my side playing telestrations in my Discord server. I know of exactly one thing your bot does because you told me that that's what it does, and then I got to see it do it. Would you like to share that? <laughs> uh, you can. Okay. When whenever you type out the word time in his Discord server, it puts a a little clock emoji underneath the response. It's <laughs> adorable. And then nice. I th I think to troll me while we were discussing scheduling for for this episode, uh, when I said time in our schedules channel, Dave responded with that same clock emoji. <laughs> yeah. To make me think maybe he imported his bot over here. I didn't think he had those permissions, but maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I the, maybe the robots are already taking over. Mike, what's your good thing? Uh, my good thing is we got an air fryer for Christmas. Yes! And, Ooh! Uh, one of my the wife has been playing around with different um, beef jerky recipes. Uh, she, she likes the one that came in like the actual book for it, but that's a bit sweeter than I like it. So she looked up a different recipe for me and it's less sweet and way spicier and i really like it it doesn't have that like initial kick of flavor that i'm hoping for and i'm not sure what to do to tweak that but once you've had a piece or two it it like really starts going and it's really good guys i don't even like food and my air fryer that's that's how you know it's good you like fried food sometimes uh <laughs> air fryer french fries are amazing I haven't Dude. done tater tots yet, but that's, like, next on the list. Tater tots are good. Uh, my We feed it to my daughter. I always have some tater tots in there. We do broccoli for her there. Um, pizza, honestly, it's it's the best way to reheat pizza. I mean, I guess in an oven, it's pretty much the same thing. But air fryer does make it a little more faster. So oh, a little more consistent. Nuggets. Air fryer chicken mm. nuggets are amazing. Yeah, I don't have one, but I'm intrigued by all of the good things I hear. Um I'm I'm told it's a great way to make veggie chips, and then you can be healthier while you snack. I mean, it's it's really just a I think a convection oven. They've just like sized it down. It just it heats air and then moves it around inside of it. Like this is not new technology. It's smaller than it used and more accessible. But yeah, it's good stuff. Neat. Um, Neat. Yeah, my good thing is uh, the newish uh, Disney. I think it's Pixar. Uh, Luca. Uh, which is a delightful. Uh, that is Pixar, yes. Yes, it's a delightful story about a uh, a young a young sea monster who uh, comes up on land and and has a little adventure and makes some new friends and it was delightful. It's just delightful. Um, I've always been partial to sea monster stories and uh, this one was so cute. It's so cute. So highly recommend. It's on Disney Plus. You can watch it. Whenever you wish. I've also been partial to sea monster stories, but mostly in the form of Godzilla. I mean, I like those kind of sea monsters as well, but um, I don't know. I, I just thought it was it was so adorably cute, and um, there there were some fish that were goatfish and woodba. That that was probably my favorite part. Oh yeah, Luca was a shepherd or something. Yeah, had a little flock of goatfish. Anyway, uh, Dave, you did not read any chapters this week. I read some stuff. You read some stuff that was in one of those books. Yeah, so basically covering all the new content of um, Arcanum Unbounded. 
Uh, Mike told me maybe not to read White Sand. Uh, so I didn't read White Sand, but for the purposes of this episode, if you haven't heard yet, you should definitely have a copy of White Sand or Arcanum Unbound handy, and you'll find out why soon. So uh, let's start with the preface here. Uh, Hoyd was the first character. We should have called it the Cosmic Dig Podcast. I don't remember why. Uh, secret stuff is Kelsier. Full crossovers in the Cosmere. The most important one before Arcanum Unbounded was even published. And finally, some answers. If only I knew what the question was. <laughs> like, I got some <laughs> answers, and I don't remember what they were. Uh, so, yeah. Hoyd was the first character Brandon Sanderson had ever really thought of. I thought that was pretty cool. Yep, he's been there since the very beginning. Just a glimmer in Brandon's eye. Right in joy. Right out of his Alright, any questions on the preface? I guess not. So you know oh. how this... Okay, yeah, say that. Chris is the one who is uh, in character writing this. She doesn't write the preface. Sorry. She does not write the preface. No okay. questions. Um, I just thought you were going to go longer, so I grabbed a piece of jerky. Okay. Uh, well, let's go on to the Selish system. And what is the Selish system? The Selish system is 20% more gravity. <laughs> oh, right. This is written from... <laughs> this is written from Chris's perspective. I guess Taldane only has the desert biome. Well, so it says Cosmere standard, which I believe just Earth standard. Yeah, like, well, later on when we get to Scadrill, we'll say that Scadrill point oh gravity, Cosmere yeah, gravity yeah. standard. And uh, we've discussed how Scadrill is the closest to Earth. Now, my question that Chris describes Cell as... Uh, 50% greater in size than Cosmere? Is that, sure. in, is that in surface area or volume? Well, so it would be surface area, right? Because the volume itself is, is part of the density, and the density makes it the gravity be 1.2 Cosmere standard. So, like, in terms of its size, it's well, We don't dense. know the mass of the planet, so we can determine how right. the size, size exactly. So, it, so there's less mass. But it's two separate compared statements. To there's its 20% size. more gravity. Right. 20% more gravity. Okay, so we don't know the density of the planets. So can't do the calculation. But she also said it's 50% greater in size, or 1.5. Yeah, I take that to be surface area. area. You would that's, think surface area. Do you think otherwise? Oh, no. I... Yeah, I, I think the surface, I think I would take that as surface area. Because, like, if you double the if you double the surface area, so you quadruple two times the square root. Well, two times the surface area, where surface area is based on uh, well, if, you, if you have it, if you go in two D, you double the perimeter of something, you quadruple right. the area of it, right? So uh, I guess it would be one point five squared. So if if it's times one point five increase, like in in a uh, surface area, then it would be times five squared or um in volume. I would so I'd I'd have to I have to do it on paper. I don't know. I I I don't know how the math on any of this works, but I'm pretty sure that there's pi involved and the square cube law. <laughs> I like I like both of those things, Mike. I think you are on the right track here. Yeah, let's go eat some pie, like those ardents that were in math and eating pie. Remember that? Can you heat pie in an air fryer? Um, probably, but you might run into some melting. All right, so level. I guess Taldean only has a desert biome. Dominion Devotion are dead. Silverlight University. I remember those guys. Wait, you didn't laugh at your own bully po bullet point for that one? It wasn't funny. <laughs> I, I laughed over here. You guys need to laugh more. How am I supposed to know if I'm funny if it's laughing? It's because I have push to talk turned on. And I keep See, myself muted to minimize background noise making it onto the recordings. I record and I do the recording. Yeah. Dave, I leave myself unmuted just so you can hear my laugh. Yeah. So there's less talking about specifics of magic. Like I, I thought it was going to be more like 
full on detail. I guess you know Chris does mention how on the planet cell the like the shards were shattered and linked to the lance. Why invested tied you know geographic? Because that's like the big thing. Right. She doesn't know, but we. I forget if you're part of the discussion. It might have been in spoiler time that we. Uh, in which case, you'll get to listen to that soon. But we we have a an idea of why. It I'm works gonna listen to that episode before Craig does. Yes, maybe. Never know. I might get. I mean, if List. you want, I can talk about it now, real quick. It's it's just yeah. because the the powers, um, the investiture itself was shoved from the spiritual realm into the cognitive realm, and since cognitive realm is tied more to the physical realm compared to the spiritual, that is, like there mm-hmm. is certain markers and everything as we've seen. Um, for example, in Mistborn Secret History. Uh, so essentially, having uh, a map is a roadmap for the investor to be able to go from where it exists currently, which is Cognitive Realm, into the physical realm. It essentially needs a map to say, how do I get there? And then by drawing right. what they do. And of course, it's tied to your perception of the land. Um, so the way you think about the land, which is why Elantrians exist in that corner of the of the land like they think about things the way they do with elantris in particular being a focal point um that's why it's tied to them i imagine like if you look at um what's her name shy uh i'm i'm sure shy's what Uh, she draws is different because it's in relation to the land she grew just like the the fjord fjordin or whatever they're called the hraithen yes she draws yes she draws what she says other people think looks like a map of Maypon, I think is the mm, name of her country. Mm, mm, yeah. So essentially, it's a combination of how you think about things, because it can, it's tied to the cognitive realm, so it's the way you think about things, it's the way you think about the land, and essentially, it needs a map, because it doesn't know how to go from the cognitive realm to the physical realm. But by you drawing a map, it now knows how to get through you out into the physical realm, sort of. I'm paraphrasing a little bit from, I think, our earlier theory. At least I remember talking about this, but... You guys can correct me if I if like no, we, you just thought this on your own and never mentioned it. That could be a thing that happened. Right. No, I feel like we've talked about most stuff. Okay, good, good. We're getting close to two hundred episodes, so a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, I get to the bottom of the pool of oblivion, which I don't think is even mentioned in Solution. There are various points where Chris says how like perpendicularity tend to take the. All right, whatever. Uh, the Scadrian. Okay, we're moving ahead. All right, the Scadrian. Is Yulin Cosmerth? I already knew most of this. What does Cosmerth mean? What? Cosmere Earth. Oh, thank you. okay. Thank you. Thank you, Cosmosori. Man, Tori's interpreting Dave more than I am. I'm sad. Um, Dave, Dave, we need to co-op something so I can get my Dave speak back. Rogue Legacy 2. Sure. To can answer your that? question, uh, yes, no, and also we're not sure. I So, it's not earthlike because we know dragons are on there like it, it has it has different races so it's not supposed to be the earth equivalent like scadrill is but i will say that when preservation and ruin made scadrill um they made it i think that's what it says here right they made it like yolin like that was their influence they modeled humans after those found on yolin and they wanted a planet that was similar in size and gravity and things they, like that so they modeled the life on the planet uh, based on some examples from Yolan. Right, like cats and dogs and other animals that we would see as well. But Unforgivable sp- lack of dragons. That's true. They did not want to make dragons. Maybe maybe there's a personal for that. I don't know. 
but and, and I, incidentally, that's my favorite review to leave on non-fantasy media. <laughs> Unforgivable lack of dragons. Yeah. So Scadrial's supposed to be the Earth equivalent to flora and fauna. Um, well, now it is, anyway. And since technological progress. Technolo it's supposed to follow a somewhat similar. But Yolin is supposed to be the model that the planet Scadrial was built on, along with where humans originally came from. Uh, but the we don't know part is uh, we haven't actually read a Yolin book yet. He wrote one. It's not canon. It was like his master's thesis or something. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it Why used to exist. It? Didn't I have, uh, is that the one with the bridge... Like where Bridge Four originally comes from, and it was essentially like Way of Kings Prime. No, Captain on the Bridge. Never mind. I I might be mixing Way of Kings Prime with his um with Dragon Steel. Dragons. I think you might be. Uh, this is the one where there were like three copies in the BYU library, and now there are none copies in the BYU library. No. Which I could be wrong about that. I haven't checked back in on that in a long time, but. That was that was my understanding of like how to access it. Other people did and then didn't bring them back, so you can't. Don't you think that violates BYU's honor code? I'm Sorry. I'm sure I'm Sorry, sure lots joking. of stuff violates BYU's honor code, but let's not get into that. Yeah, let's talk about the the orbit. Honor is dead. Bring your oh. own books. Wait, did you jump ahead? We're not talking about Roshar. You don't know because of the push to talk, but I laughed again. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Scadrium, yeah. So I didn't write down too much because a lot of review read what, eight different uh books, and if you count all of metal, so we've had uh, we've we've discussed the Scadrium system at Adel Nauseum. Not too much to go on. We did hear about this planet Yolin that ruined preservation, kind of uh, based a lot of stuff on. So you know, we talked about how yeah, you know, Scadrium is similar to Earth, but Scadrium is based on Yolin. So maybe Yolin. But anyways, ready to move? Oh, uh, I did want to mention something. I know I don't normally talk about our patrons in specific, uh, but our latest patron is named Bruno. So I would appreciate it if we did not talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. That's Bruno. Greg. That's how it goes at the end. Watch the film. I've watched it every day since Christmas. So if someone wanted to it. become a patron of ours and get mentioned in the notes of an episode. Or not mentioned, as the case may be, Bruno. <laughs> uh, how would one do that? Let's go Dave. Dave, you haven't plugged this in a while. Dave. Open up your favorite web browser. Click on the address bar. Type okay, H-T-T-B-S forward slash forward slash patreon.com slash cosmerecast. I'm typing this now just to check to see if you're correct. You know how to spell Cosmere and you know how to spell cast. C-O-S-E-R-E-C-A. Look at our Patreon page. It works! Consider donating. Decide whether or not you like it. But whether or not you do, there's an invitation. Good job. Thanks, Dave. Nice. And and while we're talking about our patrons, or not talking about our patrons, um, we do have a live listener tonight, Mr. MX5. Oh, yeah. Hey, he just joined a Discord recently. Yeah, I think this might be the first episode. I assume he, because Mr. looks like facial hair on the profile pic, but we're, we're going to guess. We're going to guess he. I think this is the first episode he's been able to listen to live, so welcome. Yeah, feel free to tell us your thoughts, discussion channels. Oh, and if I got your... Um, Pronouns wrong, please correct me. So we're like, talking what? about the Scadrian system. I was no, done talking about the Bruno I, system. I think we're okay. talking about the Taldane system. Okay, let's do that then. The Taldane system. 
So Taldane doesn't spin. Dark side, day side. Autonomy. Invested lichen. Water induced rheumatic transit. Just like in Gremlin. Isolation is Chris's homes. Uh, so they're telling they have a dark side and a day side. It's in a binary system. I think the idea is that it doesn't spin or it doesn't spin relative to this. It would be tidally locked to the... What is tidally locked? Like the moon is to the earth. We only see one side because it's tidally locked because the the, the moon okay. doesn't rotate relative to us. It, it always keeps the same side facing. So it's only tidally locked to the big sun? Yeah, because that would be more massive. So I I think that's oh, the case. okay. So they do have a day night cycle, the smaller sun, but like on the day side, daytime is super day, nighttime is yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, but it the, the yeah because the 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 day side is always facing the big sun. Okay, let me see if I'm understanding the the spatial coordinates correctly, and there might be a a chart in the book. Let me just look in the book real quick. I feel like the, the day and night, um, well, Mike does this, um, but the dwarf sun that they see on the dark side also orbits the big supergiant. So I don't think it's more day-night so much as seasons which would have more light or less light over time. It's, it, it is a little bit very weird. Hey. Okay, yes. It's... My solar system match broken. It's not animated. So there's... <laughs> there is big sun, then there is Teldane, and then there is Little Sun, and Little Sun and Taldane both orbit Big Sun. That's a weird system. Yeah, magic. Although it makes a picture of it, makes it look like the little, like, it looks like the planet, and maybe this is just from their perspective, the planet itself isn't really orbiting, just sort of is there, and the Little Sun is just orbiting in a circle, sort of mostly towards the supergiant, but it's, it has this elliptical orbit just goes in the goal around Taldane itself. I think I suspect that's just how it appeared to them. I'll give it to you, because circles are technical. Someday we're going to get orbit. an astronomer on here as a guest star to tell us how this works. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure Craig's thing doesn't work as far as, like, how space I, I'm systems not, function. I'm not saying that's how it works. I'm saying that's what the picture in the book looks like with the orbit drawn for the yeah sun. i'm not saying that's how it works i suspect that that's just what it looks like to the planet because the the planet itself it needs to orbit the the super giant um since that would be the more massive thing there's in that no system. orbit drawn right yeah, exactly that's, that's what, what we're what talking I'm about um, so the this only way reminds me i'm sorry yeah go ahead i was gonna say this sort of reminds me of the three body problem book um i, for, I forget the name of the author but uh, while I didn't, Liu, which I'm probably butchering. Quite like the story, it did have a neat premise. Um, in that it it's it's looking at. I just want to say it deals with. It deals uh, specifically uh, with a physics problem called the three body problem, yeah. where if you have as your most massive things in a system three objects that are of a similar mass, uh, basically their movements are completely unpredictable in any sort of long term. But that's not what we're dealing with with the Taldane system, because we have we have three, you know, three bodies, but they are all very different masses. So there's the supergiant sun, the regular sun, or possibly mini sun, and then planet. And they are all like orders of magnitude different from each other. So Right. So if we have a supergiant, that would be the most massive. We have a, let's see, which faces the larger two dwarfs. So there is a dwarf star as well, which, like you said, much, much less massive. So... That would be equal to like a gas in our solar system that orbs our sun. 
So it it will not exert a lot of anything on the planet. It looks like only Taldane is in itself. So that's why I said it would be more like seasons. It would be like the equivalent of where Jupiter is in our sky over time. Although for all I know, Dwarf uh, is is more like in Mars location rather than Jupiter for all I know in terms of, of the relation. But um, that's why I'm like, I, f- I feel like it wouldn't you wouldn't have just a day and night because it would be over the course of a year or two or whatever the orbits work out to be. So what I think is really going on here is the dwarf star is orbiting the supergiant. Yeah. Because those are the those are the masses that matter. Yeah. And then Taldane happened to slip in like in a Lagrange spot, a Lagrange point, and just sits there and just sort of follows the dwarf star in its orbit and it's tidally locked it to the dwarf that. star no it's tidally locked to the supergiant i thought well it would do both but i think the actual like source of the tidal lock is the dwarf star on dark side hold on i'm trying to read it no because it's facing the blue supergiant so the tidally lock comes from it's a it's a planet it doesn't face anything uh it doesn't have a you face can, you can still lock like for example mercury is facing like has the same portion of it facing the sun. Like that's just what happens over time. And in okay, fact, but if it's between the two, then it's just as easy to say that dark side is tidally locked to the dwarf planet versus day side being tidally but locked it's to the not the dwarf planet or the sorry the dwarf sun isn't exerting at that. Like I mean, it is exerting some influence. I cannot say it doesn't do as all masses matter. Um, but because the magnitudes are so different. It's the supergiant that's causing Taldane to face one direction to the supergiant. Um, yeah. So, and and I think, again, just, just think of it in our Earth, where Mars is also orbiting the sun, and we on Earth are orbiting the sun. Over time, Mars will move in relation to the night sky over time, but it, it has a certain pattern that it repeats over the course of it, our okay. uh, year or two. Except and what I'm suggesting is that Taldane isn't of its own sort of movement through space, orbiting the supergiant. It is, but as a result of being in a Lagrange point with the with the dwarf star. So you're saying, if you're saying it's in a Lagrange point of the dwarf star, that means it would be in the same orbit as the dwarf star, and they're basically always equivalent in distance from each other, because yes. the Taldane would be following. Yes. That's... Not the impression I get from the picture. Well, we know that the picture has to be flawed because it's showing Dwarf Star just just crashing into the supergiant. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, that's like the, regularly. Yeah. So, right. actually, I think I can. Okay, Ooh, I can better I interpret this picture. It actually looks like both the dwarf and the supergiant are orbiting, are both circle Taldane with Taldane. Darks are day side always facing. If that were the case, it would be tidally locked to the small star as well. Yeah, it just because of how all the or, orbits or are. Or the big yeah. sun, it's got like it's got like a hole in the middle and <laughs> oh, the little no. sun goes through the center of the big sun. You know, by. you know, a star I don't tunnel. Think that's the case. You know, star tunnels. <laughs> star tunnel, right. <laughs> well, I mean stars are made of gas, right? Gas doesn't matter, you can just go right through it. Anyway, this like brings how back... we can walk through walk through the air. This goes back to my earlier point where <laughs> I think the picture in the book Uh-oh. is just what people on Taldane see. 
and this is their interpretation. This is essentially so. What you're saying is, on Earth, just stole this map from someone. Sure, uh, this is like on Earth before you know Galileo, when we thought back in the Greek era, we thought everything was Earth centric, and they tried to come up with models of the the planets and stuff based on Earth being static. It's the same thing. Well, I mean, you didn't leave live with it, but yeah. You said we thought that. I never thought that. Maybe we, as in humanity, the Taldane equivalent of Galileo has not showed up yet. Yes, but he's not an astronomer. Uh, She's an arcanum. She's like like an arcanum minimal. Yeah. And in regards to your earlier uh, suggestion, I guess yeah, there's a pretty good chance that this is like an actual scientific theory mapped out that Naj stole from someone because he does that. Is this the reason you wanted us to have our books, or is there more? Well, let's finish this page. Um, <laughs> so, autonomy of the shards, planet. The lichen is invested, so, like, the slime that grows on the rocks and stuff, because I think the sun is invested. Uh, it grows on the sand, but, yeah. Uh, Alright, the water induces realmic transition. Yes, this- which you'll ex- you'll understand in a while when we get to white sand proper. <laughs> okay and what about gremlins <laughs> well you what don't feed them after gremlins? midnight you don't get them wet and you don't get them you don't expose them to sunlight is that the reason you wrote that <laughs> like what do what happens when gremlins are if, if you feed them after midnight then investiture leaves the cognitive gremlin travel the perpendicularity and the cosmic find Kelsier in the pool of his party. And... So basically, never take a gremlin to day side. Wait, night, they're di- part of night the side, dawn side, dark side. They're not part of the cosmic because they don't get them wet. Or do they? So I'll have to watch them and find out. Good thing mm-hmm. day side is like a perpetual desert, so I guess there's no water. There's water <laughs> no, in the desert. Watch the, the watch the sequel. It's It goes way weirder than it ever should have. And it's great. It does, oh, yeah. but it's so good. They're basically like, here, here's Gremlins. You can do whatever you want with it. Guys, I just found out that they're making an animated prequel to Gremlin. What? That will be on HBO and Cartoon Network, like, soon. Well, now I can't watch Gremlins, because I have to watch the first. <laughs> you can watch Gremlins and Gremlins. Spoil the prequel, like, if you watch Star <laughs> Wars Emperor Strikes Back before you watch the first episodes one. Yep, that's exactly how this works. And it was already, they already have two seasons. I, I, I guess, I guess, I don't know. I want, you know, in our world of reboot and stuff, and I, I know they're not as a series, make fun of it. But man, where's my Beetlejuice? They made the anime right? series. I don't think you want, I don't I don't think we'd want any kind There's of There's a lot of stuff that's not going to fly. Like mm, the whole, true. the whole parts of the stuff that we can't repeat on our family-friendly podcast. You mean the entire I... character of Beetlejuice? Like, like literally his entire movie? character throughout that movie? Entire... Yeah. Did well, how, watch... how did they pull off the movie and then decide to do an animated series for kids? I know. I don't I understand. Say, I really, I didn't really watch the movie as a kid, but I really enjoyed the animated series, and I watched it all the time. I'm like, oh, that's cool, Lydia and Beetlejuice are like best friends, and they hang out all the time. Then I go and watch the movie, and I'm like, hey, friends. There shouldn't be friends. There's no reason for Lily yep. to want to be friends with this guy. Yep. Also, there's uh, a, there's a pretty good chance Tim Burton still owns some significant rights to it, and I don't trust him to make good movies. So. Oh snap! Batman pulled out Tim Burton. Shots fired. I mean, it's his own fault for going so long without making a good movie. <laughs> Maybe he's out of practice. He's had too much practice making bad movies. 
and he needs more practice. So, what else do you have for for white uh, Isolationism. World? So, like the uh, basically, um, Hal Dane is under quarantine. Chris, can't. yep, she left. No going back. All right. It you, is... you don't want to talk about how autonomy likes to interfere with every other planet, even though her intent should be do your own thing. Oh uh, yeah, because. That's the contradiction of her. She she wants to force everybody else to do their own thing. That's that's how she do. But, but wait, guys, why are they under quarantine? Do we know? I think to prevent people from messing with autonomy. Yeah. Like, autonomy's thing is, I want to be autonomous, not everybody should be autonomous. So, yeah. Ah, okay. I was worried it was COVID. Yeah, it's kind of like how everyone wants to ruin stuff. But ruin to be ruined. Actually. The preservation had to preserve others in doing so. Huh? Because he he wanted to preserve others more than he wanted to preserve himself. Yeah. So is uh, honor. Honor wanted honor, to honor, honor others more than he wanted to honor him. Yeah. He wanted to uh, cheated so that other people would learn honor. Dude, the shards like the shards are more about imposing their characteristic Intent. on others than about. Following themselves. I mean, there is a degree Except of the other way around for autonomy. They have to follow their intent. No, autonomy's whole thing is that she wants everyone in the Cosmere to be autonomous. But by doing that, she's interfering, getting in the way yes. of their autonomy. What that she is really the whole wants, weird and actually, I'm talking. What she actually does is prevent other people from bothering her, thus securing her own autonomy above anything else. Right, that's part of what she does, but the second thing she does is interfere with every other planet in the cosmos. Which is not autonomy. It's the opposite of that. Because she wants to impose her autonomous intent on these other planets. This, it's intentional how contradictory she is. Like, this is, I, this is there's no way this is a mistake. It's called out numerous times in the, in the books. Like, in Era 2... And in here, so she she's a contradiction. She wants to force everyone to be autonomous, which in itself is like you said, going against her intent. But the end goal for everyone to have autonomy. All right, guys, let's move on because we still have a few systems to get through. But why do we, we need that, the book, Dave? That's what we're getting to. So I'm excited. If you go through Arcanum Unbound, it's how to, and then next you have. Uh, a comic, which is an excerpt from White Sand, followed by like an early draft of a written version of White Sand. Mike told me uh, not to read White Sand, so I didn't. I listened to him. I didn't read White Sand, but I did look at the pictures. Oh yeah! <laughs> so I wrote a caption for all the pictures just to Can't see if I could kind of follow what was going on. And the captions may make a little more sense if you have the pictures in front of you, or a little less sense. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> So if you guys all have your copies of White Sand slash Arcanum Unbounded. Uh... Oh, this is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> this so, is what Dave thinks is happening this, with the closed caption turned off. This is the... <laughs> all right. So right off the bat here, we've got like the title splash. I'll splash. Let's hear it a little bit. And it says the colors, colors by Ross A. Campbell. I got to tell you, Ross, you didn't do a very good job. It's in black and white, my friend. I don't... That's not fair. <laughs> I mean, why is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in actual in the actual comic, it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. No. God he bless you, Ross. I know you do hard work. I'm just ribbing on you because it's in black and white. All right. 
Hang on, uh, there's another okay. issue. Marshall Dillon did letters, and you didn't read any of them. So, what's the deal, Marshall? <laughs> right, well, I didn't read that either. Alright, so, uh, I mostly have one sentence each panel, but I'll let you know that I get to the next page and such. So, alright, well, let's start here. Colors by Ross A. Campbell. And also, um, Seth is standing on top of a mountain. <laughs> Nice. Let's all gather and worship this effigy of Rob the Robot. Seth goes among the crowds and tells some kid that his sword does not approve of their religion. Next page. Oh, no. Nightblood. <laughs> Next page. Some kid picks up sand. Some kid hates sand. Some kid really <laughs> hates sand. Seth tells some kid that maybe sand isn't that bad after all, while baby Chris gives him dirty looks. It's coarse, in and it's rough, and it gets everywhere. <laughs> Get in line for your free sand, kids. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Guys, my... we're on right. the second page. <laughs> Get in line for your free sand, kids. I named my pet sand Voom. <laughs> it, says... <laughs> it says Voom. Those are letters. You weren't supposed to read them. <laughs> they, were, they were part of the picture. They, were, they weren't balloons. Uh, oh my gosh kid. so some kid has a has some pet sand or is that baby chris i'm not sure <laughs> uh, uh oh seth duplicates himself and gets ready to do a hadoken <laughs> all right next page okay i think double seth is supposed to represent nightblood nightblood tells seth to spare this baby chris baby draco malfoy kneels down to retie his shoes then he asks for a sandwich seth mishears him and gives him sand instead Baby Draco decides to face his fears, continue holding this hand, then realizes that sand rhymes with hand, and maybe he can think of a joke here. Ow, this sand is on fire. I hope this ground is not in fire, too. Next. This kid doesn't respect sand. I'm out of here. <laughs> Please, give me another chance. Stand back, less important kids. This kid is going to fight a lost radiant. I really have to poop. The toilet Aww. is over there. Oh my god. <laughs> Man, that took a turn. I pointing to tell him where the toilet is. Alright, next page. If you think about it, rocks are just giant sands. Look how cool I am playing with sand. Who wants my last munchkin? And for our European list, you don't have Dunkin' Donuts. A munchkin is like a donut hole. It's basically a donut, but it's like a sphere. So who wants my last munchkin? <laughs> I have an extra munchkin. Don't forget to attune to the etherite shard so you can teleport here later. I get that reference. <laughs> Next page. Seth slides to the precipice but stops just in time. Phew. What? Sand grows up here too? Looks like I'm <laughs> gonna have to jump. So your interpretation of white sands is all about this. Well, you'll let me know how accurate I am when we get to the end of it. <laughs> to, to be fair, white sands interpretation is that it's all about sand. Just sand, true. sand, sand. All right, next page, we have a bunch of cool, like, vertical action shots here. So we'll go left to right. Uh-oh. Ah! All right, Windrunner. That was fun. I have a cramp and a boogie. Oh, next no. Page. Seth practices making cool poses. I hope my cool poses don't make it look like I'm prancing. And no one's watching. Someone's watching from on top of a giant carrot. Hello up there. <laughs> I wasn't prancing. I was practicing cool poses page. Uh, this page has too many panels where nothing happens, but we get to see Nightblood, which makes it the best page. <laughs> All right, next page. There sure is a lot of sand and giant carrots. 
The lady on top of the one carrot tells Seth that he needs more practice. How about this pose? Are those giant carrots actually the teeth of humongous sand monster? Next page, we have a very lovely two-page splash art, which uh, unfortunately doesn't translate well into a 700-plus page book. Uh, so I just wrote, the sand dragon's face collapses in on it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of middle there that doesn't really get seen very easily. The giant carrots will... All right, uh, okay, blah, blah, blah. It's the next page after the double page. Why is Seth throwing sand at a sand dragon instead of using night blood? Next page. I want to play Chrono Trigger. It's the first picture on this. Really, really good Chrono Trigger. Next page. Seth keeps throwing sand for three more pages. Okay. And then finally, we'll skip ahead to the final page. Which, uh, I finally perfected my cool pose. Hooray! <laughs> that's a great pose. There is that is. a dead sand dragon behind you? You must buy the Monster Hunter DLC to loot the sand dragon. Oh. And, uh, that's it. That's white sand for you. Or at least it, the preview. That's okay. It looks like the sand, dragon, was... the sand dragon only had another munchkin. So we're, we're fine. All right, guys. Here's the thing. Rate Dave's accuracy as a percentage. <laughs> All right, Craig. It was your idea. So you start. I think you got 2% correct. 2%. All right. You know what? You know what? No, no, no. I'll give you an extra 3% because there was a lot of sand. Is it my turn? Yes. 97%. <laughs> Dude, all right. Oh, wow. That, that totals 100. <laughs> you, you got three things wrong. 97%. <laughs> so wait, is that the super Metroid ter- uh, percentage? That's he got everything of... right and three things wrong. 97%. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I really don't remember much about White Sand because it was a little forgettable. So as far as I know, he's 100. Wow. All right. So after that, there is actually a written version of Prologue in the first chapter, which is kind of like never, it was never published, right? Because Brandon had written it a graphic ad. It's essentially what he sent team that Yeah. Yeah. I, when, I did read the post. Oh. Um, I'll dig up my copy of it. I have it somewhere. Um, and I will send the text version to you once we get around to starting or prepping to start White Sand. So you can also have that if you wanted. You can get it by signing up for Brandon's newsletter. And I did, and I have it somewhere on my computer or the reclaimed data from the hard drive of my dead computer. I don't remember. One of them. So uh, funny thing about what Tori just said, I read the postscript after the White Sand, and uh, Tori, what is it that you said about White Sand? What did you call it? Forgettable. Forgettable. Alright. Um, let's read the second clause of the final sentence of the first paragraph of the postscript. Then I remembered that this is in here. <laughs> so, you know, you're not the only one that forgot about White Sand. <laughs> no. Wait, where was that? Which which paragraph? It's uh, he's talking about how he was thinking that Mistborn Secret History was the story that was like took the longest from original idea I'll, to final production. I'll read it. I was thinking that Mistborn Secret History oh. was the story in this collection that had yeah. the longest time between original idea and final publication. But then I remembered that this is in here. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Dang. Uh, what to say about White Sand? Even Brandon doesn't not. I mean, he. I think he likes the story, but. Yeah, he likes the idea, like, he said he really thought the magic system was cool, um, that he, li- he, he, especially he liked the idea that finesse played a greater significance versus raw strength compared to other, like, Skadrill. 
I do have a couple other notes on the epilogue, not the epilogue, on the postscript here. Uh, who is Kenton? And <laughs> finally... <laughs> that would be Seth. <laughs> finally. No, not Seth. Not that Seth or that Seth. The other Seth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> were they different characters? God. <laughs> It would be the third. There were three. Those were the three things I got wrong. Yeah. One, that guy wasn't Seth. Two, that guy also wasn't Seth. And three, there's no Seth in this book. (laughs) I mean. Yeah, that tracks. I still haven't read the text version or part two or three of the graphic novel version. He could be. I don't know. Wearing white and he's got a sword. Who else could it be? (laughs) And then. Uh, okay, so yeah, it's three bullet points on the Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Side okay. note here. This has nothing to do with this, but it has everything to do with Zeth. Zeth, like his, when you see his picture in the book, because he has the little, that's a symbol for his chapter. Um, like he's in white, he's the assassin in white, but he only did that once. Like he was told to wear white for the assassination uh, against Gavilar. Like that's it. He wore white then. And that that just stuck. So he is the dude because they that's continue to refer to him as once. the assassin. Even when he comes to kill Dalinar, they still refer to him as the assassin in white. Right? Because he's wearing pink. He wearing pink clothes, and they just said, "Oh, we'll call him the assassin." No, he's wearing, wearing white because uh, what's his face? Teravangian ordered him to. Yeah, like, he did the same thing. Mm. Yeah. Continuing the killings in white because it's a trademark now, and you got to protect your brand. Hashtag I mean, brand life. He paid for the trademark. Not a protector, Brandon Sanders. True. Anyway, that's my whole point. He, he wears okay. white, not because he likes it, but because he's... So other than that direct quote, uh, my two points from the postscript. Who is Kenton? Why wasn't there any of this magic that Brandon if is only I read the text. Brand, Brandon's talking about all this magic on Taldane. Why wasn't it in the graphic novel, Brandon? <laughs> Why didn't I see any of it? You even commented on the <laughs> sand burning him. Well, there was the sand was on there was, fire. That's there not was magic, boom. Craig. There unless, was a boom. Unless there's that's just the name tag. All right. Unless <laughs> the sand, unless someone's going into the cognitive realm and telling them to become fire, then I I just don't. All right. I think uh I think the uh, Thranidites just dried up and then move on. Wait, I already made that joke with the well of us. No, Taldane seems done. Thranidite is next. Thranidite is next. Okay. Odium wounded ambition. Then it splintered. Hey, Nas is from here. Morbid perpendicularity. So this is the uh, silence of silence and silence of hell, the forest of silence. Right. And Nas is from here. Spooky trees. About... <laughs> yeah, and they talk about how they have the, quote, ghosts, which are cognitive shadows. Apparently, Seth has a gun that shoots them now. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Wait, why are we bringing Seth back in now? I'm sorry, Nas. Nas okay. is from there. Has blah blah blah. Because shoots, it shoots silver. No, no, it shoots no. cognitive shadows at people. It shoots, shoots <laughs> red ghosts with using. Silver. Well, because silver is alimentic, that's why he takes that kind of schedule. And it, it might have sellish runes on it. We don't know. So yeah, just kind of like uh, ambition. So Odium didn't splinter ambition. Odium wounded ambition and ambition later. Or whatever. Right, he sort of like fell apart because yeah. So. Probably Odium's fault, though. And then now we got go. Now we got cognitive shadows. Oh, it's absolutely our... Odium's fault. Well, the interesting thing is that the cognitive shadows on are like. I guess it's not interesting. Well, I guess if you think they're just ghosts or corpses, looking at it from Chris's perspective, it's like, oh yeah, there's cognitive shadows. Okay, we got them all over. But we do. I do remember. Um, Silence, grandma or mother 
or something like hanging out in the cupboard. Yeah, because they didn't something like that. They didn't bury her. Or something they kept her in the cupboard. Yeah, and they uh, kept her in the tavern by encircling it with silver powder. So she couldn't. Uh, all right, the Dramadad system. I'm sorry, Dramanad system. Three fourths of three fourths of these they're the camel system. Yeah, three fourths of the habitable planets are inhabited. How many planets you said? What Rochard inhabited splinters? What? No shard. Yes, perpendicularity. Possible investiture. Silverlight expeditions have not returned. So Silverlight is like Chris's college university, basically. So this system has four planets in the habitable zone, and three of them are inhabited. And so there, there is no shard, in, but there is a perpendicularity so that they can travel in the cognitive there. Um, Chris seems unsure whether or not there's investiture there. But we talked about how the worms are invested. How did well, you guys know? That's, I was expecting to read read about that here. Is that a word about him? We, no, we figured out that they're invested. It was in the story. Yeah. So then we uh, figured out it was. That cut scene. <laughs> I thought it was near the end of the book, but may- maybe we learned it's more. I'm pretty sure. Story. Though. No, it's in the story. It's in the story. I I will point out that while there isn't a shard that lives there, there is an avatar of a shard that lives. Uh. And anytime you hear about an avatar of of a shard, you can pretty much think autonomy. Now. It's not definite. I don't think it was confirmed that this is autonomy, uh, one of autonomy's avatars, but it's it's heavily suggested. Okay. That she she influenced. Right, because autonomy wants to force everybody to think for themselves. Yep. You <laughs> got it. Uh, anything for Dramanet? First of the Sun? Patsy? They got cool birds there. Yeah, they're cook- The really. chickens are excellent. Yes. <laughs> I think maybe like the idea of the magic there was cool, but I didn't enjoy the story or the characters. Appreciate how well thought out the magic. Oracular chickens. Well, we didn't actually get to see all that much of the magic system. Just mm. two two birds. Basically. Two birds. Two Chicken birds. One magic one system. Yeah, it's it's more set up for things to come because keep in mind, six of the dust is the thing that takes place the furthest so far in the cosmic. Like. It takes place in the distant future. That's all we really know. All right. Uh, ready for Roshar? Heck Woo! yeah. All right. Here's the final section of the Rosharan system. Ten planets beyond the asteroid belt, but they're just named after numbers. Floating Gotta have cities, the number ten. Floating cities of Ash. Braze should have been in the burning, although Ashian is also a good name for a burn. Uh, uh, Spren are splinters and live on Hoth, also known. Um, super intelligent horses, like Gallant, and Roshar big, but only metaphorically, I guess, because I think she says it's 0. 0.7 or standard Cosmere, but she also talks about how big it is, how overwhelming it'd be. I guess she really means that it's overwhelming. I find it's, it interesting it's that... It's 0. 0.7 Cosmere in point, gravity, 0. 0.9 in size, so it's, it's smaller. Yeah. Less than one. Uh, less than... But it's also a high oxygen than. environment, so everything is a much larger than so if brandon wasn't a coward and decided to go crabs he could have gone dinosaur this could have been a dinosaur planet oh it could have 
Brandon, you coward. You could have had dinosaurs. Dude, no. Cool. This is okay. We get some weird thing on this planet. Everything's a crab. It's great. Yeah, we get super intelligent horses, which seemed like such a minor part of the first two books, but Chris makes like a whole big deal about it. Don't they have six legs as well, if I recall? No, they're super they are, intelligent six-legged horses. They're just big horses. Just big horses. That what are they call that again? are sentient. Rishadiums or something? Rishadium. Rishadiums. That's Rishardium. I can talk. And they are considered the third shard. The horses are a shard? Ish. They're like ideal for shard bearers to ride because, you know, bigger and stronger. What was they thinking that has six legs? What what is that? Axhounds? According to Norse mythology, Mister oh, NX Five T Gilla, I'll look up Axhounds. We talk. I mean, Benrir. Lots of stuff on Roshar has yes has six legs or more. Uh, but but Axhounds do have six. It's because they're not horse like so. Axhounds are native, whereas Rosadium were imported over with the humans. I still think maybe that they are horses that die and get to come back by way of endowment. Similarly, so cognitive horse shadows, like the gods on um, that one planet. You know that one planet. The one? Nalthus? Nalthus, yes. Return. The The return of horses. Because they're like big idealized horses, so. Nalthus isn't even in this book. I guess there wasn't a short story associated with Warbreaker. Correct. We know nothing about the solar system of Nalthus. Well, hopefully that'll come with Arcanum Unbounded 2. Which will exist at some point, I'm sure. Or it might have a different name. Maybe it'll exist before I need to read any stories, so I can have them in one compilation. I mean, but let's so hope. So far, what would be in there that's so far in a book? Um, yeah, the, uh, loop, the 3.5 one. The one before Dawn Ridley 4. Dawnshard, Dawn yes, thank you. And that's it for now. But, like, there's probably going to be some Mistborn stuff that'll pop up when he gets to Era 3. You know, there's probably going to be... If we don't get, you know, proper... Warbreaker two, then I I'm guessing he'll throw he'll like throw us a bone of some short stories. I hope, please. Anyway, what else you got, Dave? Um, the rest of the book is just like excerpts from Valparaiso, the back of all the books. Man, ours are canon. Didn't even show up in our canon. Sounds pretty bounded, if you ask me. It sure didn't. Uh, but we do have some constellations on the inside cover. You see a list of available from Brandon Sanders, Stormlight Archive. Oh. That might be a... Do you have a hardcover of this? What version do you have? I have... uh, Note, if you purchase this book without a cover, you should be aware that this book is stolen property. It was reported as unstoried to the publisher. Wow, if if you're looking Uh, at the paperback, no wonder your uh, Sand Dragon picture was... (laughs) Yeah, that's that's even... It's still pretty bad in the hardcover, but yeah, that's that's worse. Uh, So on the hardcover, the inside cover, we've got some constellations, some cool art... Not really anything to say about it, just cool art. Um, however, the cover, I think we all have the same cover. Do we? Maybe. Someone holding a white book? Yeah. Person yeah. in robes, faces shrouded in shadow, holding a white book. Well, shrouded by Brand- Brandon's. And shadow. A watcher. Yeah. So, what do you guys think that book is? I have an idea. Arcanum Unbounded. That's my interpretation. It's whatever book Chris is compiling. Yeah. Uh... So my thought is the Ars Arcanum. That is that is Chris's like combined and edited notes, which is her like doctoral thesis functionally. It probably has a special magic name, but yeah, 
it's although it's, I don't think that's Chris because uh probably not. I'm not dark enough. Probably not. That's just oh, somebody else on my cover. Those it could hands be an are Irie. pretty feminine. Yeah, it but... could be Naj. It could be an Irie. She may have turned it in. This might be her like dissertation defending. That it. might be her thesis advisor. Could be. Take, could be taking it off to rake it over. I, the I just think she's more dark skinned. It could you be her like student loan officer to coming to collect payments. It yeah, could I mean, just when, be. When oh, I you know, I hand... know who this is. Pay the thirty thousand dollars you owe, or is or I won't Seth? give your notes back. No, it's not Seth. It is. One of Chris's diehard fans that brought her book to a book signing to get it autographed. <laughs> I was going to say, when I hold my hand up next to the hand on the cover, it, it looks pretty dark. So compared to me, I mean, it's probably not saying much. So I'd really like to see the like internal wiki entry on Naj's ghost gun. I feel like that would be a really, really um, informative entry. Also, it'll look really cool in the anime that they're going to make someday. Well, of course. You've got a ghost gun that shoots ghosts, and it's covered in glowing runes. How could that not be cool? But I kind of feel like we have wound down. So, shall we end the episode? I feel like we should. Yeah, we should yes. probably end the episode. Spoiler so... time. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. Go read the Arcanum on... Yeah, or the first whatever number of pages of White Sand, because Dave gave you a an annotation to it, which is great. <laughs> That's definitely the highlight of the episode. Uh, yes. All right. Yes, it is. Bye, everybody. Uh, so ne next time we start Oathbringer. Woo! Yeah. Oathbringer. Oh. Brandon ever wrote. <laughs> Good night, That's everyone. Sure. And then Dave's off the hook. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.